Hello and welcome to Treasure Trove. I'm your host, Brent Metcalf, back after roughly two weeks to bring you another gem out of the treasure chest. Uh, the goal of this podcast is once every two weeks or so to bring to light a video game that either most people don't really know about or maybe is kind of overlooked in the franchise thanks to other more popular titles. Um, This week I bring you a PlayStation 1 exclusive that has never received a sequel, uh, The Legend of Dragoon. Um, Back in the heyday when Square Enix, I'm sorry, Square Soft at the time, was releasing tons of Final Fantasies that were very popular on the PlayStation, Sony Entertainment wanted to release their own version of uh, Final Fantasy, excuse me, basically, and this is what they came up with. Uh, So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, The story starts off a bit generic, with our hero Dart returning home to find his village raised and his childhood friend Shauna taken captive um, by the military forces of Emperor Dowell. Much like a lot of the story tropes of Japanese RPGs from the 90s and early 2000s, of course, Emperor Dowell is not our final villain, and you find that out rather quickly as you move along through the game. which is four discs long, if I remember correctly, much like, again, other Final Fantasies. Um, As his journey continues, Dart starts to add characters to his cast and his party, um, and he discovers the power of Dragoons, which are knights that have helped save humanity thousands of years ago and must once again rear their heads in order to defeat this ultimate evil. Um, He must use the power himself uh, to take on a powerful, mysterious villain. Uh, The world is... A little generic, but includes the tropes that you would expect. There's a desert, there's an ocean town, there's a forest, of course. Um, There's the the ultimate betrayal from a friend you're close to, and then the redemption story. Uh, It's really, really safe, um, which may turn some people off. But I think that's also what makes the the game so endearing. It's uh, very... Generic, but it's like comfort food. It's entertaining, nonetheless. Like, the game is evidently made to emulate the styles of the titles that Square was releasing at the time. Um, and though the story hits some high points and the characters are, are overall good, this, it's not great. Um, it's it's kind of like watching your... The first... trans. Uh, that's a terrible analogy. I'm not going to use Transformers as an analogy. That's a bad analogy, bad Brent. Uh, no, it's like watching a good action movie. So it's like watching... Lethal Weapon 3. Um, 1 and 2 were great. 3 is good, not fantastic. So it emulates the style of the originals, but it's not perfect and it doesn't really add anything else to the genre itself. Um, It's very much if you enjoy Japanese RPGs, if you've had fun with them in the past, this is the game for you. If you've never played them, if the turn-based battle system turns you off, do not come near this game. Should still listen to the podcast because I'm pretty entertaining. I like to think, uh, but you should stay away because it is filled with the tropes that Japanese RPGs are plagued with. Um, again, not a negative, just not a positive either. It's kind of this middle area. Um, some people may take it as a negative. I personally think Legend of Dragoon is a fantastic game. I enjoyed the hell out of it as a as a young child in uh, middle school, and recently replayed it again uh, because it was released as a PlayStation One classic in 2014, if I remember correctly. And so, um, I do recommend it. The story is good, not great. The battle system is good, not great. We'll get more into the battle system as we go on, but. If you enjoy the hero coming and vanquishing the enemy, if you enjoy coming across eccentric characters that you wouldn't meet on your everyday adventure, then you will enjoy this game 100% thoroughly. 
the gameplay is very much again like a like the story it's very comfort food it's enjoyable but doesn't add anything to the genre itself um it's modeled after your typical turn-based rpg or jrpg let me throw that in there um with a party and enemies on separate sides of the screen uh each individual in the battle takes their turn his or her turn uh in order of the speed stat there is no atb so it's not watching it slowly fill up this is very much turn order but you can't see the turn displayed so for better or worse you're kind of left to the uh the battle and to see what happens as time goes on um it keeps you on your toes which is good I know some people complain about not being able to see turn order. It's not a huge deal for me because the battle is going to continue regardless. Uh, but combat, um, the combat starts off simple, giving players access to items in attacking uh, as well as running away. When you attack, there's some complexity because of the additions combat system. And what additions are is that it's a bonus attack that increases the damage dealt uh, as the player completes a button prompt. So there's a small square on screen right in front of the enemy and a larger square slowly zooms in and shrinks to meet the same size of the small square. So the goal is to hit... Ooh, excuse me, I keep burping. Um, the goal is to hit the button prompt as the square makes it and aligns with that. It's the attack button. I believe it's X or circle. It's kind of weird. Japanese RPGs had this huge issue of not shifting to... Western context in which X was yes and circle was no, which doesn't make sense in and of itself. Instead, circle is yes and X is no. Um, but each addition uh, adds a different complexity because a different different rhythm to each character. Each character has a different type of weapon, and depending on the weapon, depends on their attack speed. Um, there are two characters in the game that have bows, so they do not have an addition. Obviously, if you're firing a bow, there's not really much else you can do other than fire an arrow. Um, but Dart uses a sword, so he is about the medium speed. Uh, one of the characters you meet is Rose. She uses a rapier, so she's a little bit faster than Dart. And it continues. You, you meet someone with an axe that's a little bit slower. So timing, it takes a little bit of time <laughs> to learn uh, and make sure that you're mastering it correctly. And with each addition, you can increase uh, the damage you deal to the enemy as well as experience for that addition. So as you level up each addition, you're opening up new, more complex additions that may deal less damage per hit, but more damage as you complete them. Um, I will never forget Dart's fifth edition when I was young was incomprehensible to me. I played JRPGs because I was not very good at hand-eye coordination. Um, coming back to it as an adult and playing through and mastering it was one very satisfying thing. And then, honestly, the additions, though not complex and they don't really grow past learning more additions, really helps keep you on your toes in combat. Um, some people might not like that. The grind is always good when you can kind of automate it. Final Fantasy is great for that, where you can just turn up the speed and make your memory cursor in the same spot. But I also enjoy this, this system because it, it makes me pay attention to what's going on. I can't just kind of zone out whenever I feel like it. Um, once the group learns uh, the power of Dragoons, it's kind of a, a, another subset. It's also where special abilities and magic come from. Um, so we have additions as the core basic here's how you play the game, um, and attack enemies, and then over time you eventually earn Dragoon powers for each individual in your party. It's not earned right away. Most people don't come with Dragoon powers. You have to find them as you journey. It's part of the story, but it's also entertaining, so it's it's engaging to watch everyone earn their Dragoon powers. I like watching characters grow and seeing where they grow from is always 
a good part. Um, the dragoons themselves are are it's a, it's a power to transform in combat. So they don a dragon-like armor, they gain wings and magical power. This is the only time you can use magic in the game aside from items. So the dragoons not only increase uh, attack and defense but have these magical abilities that consume SP to utilize. In order to become a Dragoon, the character has to charge a meter by attacking enemies using your additions. You will also gain SP as you use additions, and each addition has a different recharge rate and how much SP it gives you. There are some additions that deal less damage but give you more SP, so if you're more Dragoon-focused, that's good for you. There are others that deal heavy damage but give you very little SP, so it may take you time to kind of fill up this bar to become a Dragoon, as well as use your special abilities. Um, that meter uses SP for both your skills and to become a Dragoon, so it's something to kind of keep in mind. You're not only going to fill up your Dragoon power, but you're also going to utilize these capabilities at the same time. Uh, once the meter is filled up to at least one level, the player can turn into a Dragoon. Each level that you can transform into, um, with a max of five, lasts one turn. So if you have three, a level three Dragoon, you can become a Dragoon for three turns before three of your own turns, that character's turns, before they transform back. Um, the character's Dragoon level can uh, meter max is relegated by the Dragoon level, like I said, so it's a max of five. Um, if all three characters in the party have the ability to turn into a uh, transform into a Dragoon, uh, and all three of them have their Dragoon meters filled to the max, whatever that capability is for that character, it is possible to activate a boost to the Dragoon who activates it first. Uh, so this is kind of a, a special ability that allows whoever you are choosing to activate their Dragoon to deal extra damage for their element, because there are elements in this game. Uh, there's fire, water, um, wind, and earth, and dark and light, and they interact with each other as you'd expect. Fire defeats water, water defeats fire, earth and wind, light and dark. Uh, as well as non-elemental, though none of your characters can be non-elemental, so what can you do? Um, but with this boost, it allows you to basically pick your strongest Dragoon, give them a boost in damage, and allow you to use their strongest technique while you're in combat, which is kind of nice. Um, once the first person goes, I'm sorry, once the first person goes out, you're fine. It continues until the person who's maxed out um, whoever chose to access this special overcharge ability, uh, once they leave their Dragoon uh, form and go back to normal, that's when it kind of breaks down. So, um, again, compared to other games in the genre, it's, it's, it's a little safe, it's a little easy in the sense that there's not a whole lot of complexity to it. Um, but the, combats are, the combat mechanics are enjoyable. Um, they're fun. The addition system itself makes normal battles engaging and it really addresses the complaints of players not having to do anything in combat um, and may make the grind more of something that you have to focus on but in this game I never felt like I had to grind moving fluidly from one town to the next to the next objective really was easy um, again that might be a turnoff for people who are looking for a challenge, but if you just enjoy JRPGs and you want something to relax with, this combat system, the story is built for you, by far. And it is en enjoyable. I mean, even if you're not looking for something super easy and this is something you can simply blow through, I still recommend playing it because I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a piece of PlayStation history in and of itself, uh, one that many people to this day are still clamoring for a sequel, so... Um, a bit about the development. The game launched in North America, 
Japan and Europe separately. So they had a North America launch on June 11th, 2000. In Japan, it was December 2nd of 1999. And for Europe, it was January 19th of 2001, back in the heyday when there was a huge break between releases. Um, beginning in 96, the total development cost is estimated to be about $16 million over the course of three and a half years. Those dollars are largely recouped outside of Japan, as I will talk about down the line. Um, prior to launch in North America, the game was rebalanced due to complaints about the difficulty following the Japanese release, which is kind of ironic because I was just telling you how I felt the game was relatively easy and enjoyable to just move through at a quick pace. Um, the full motion video and pre-rendered backgrounds forced the team to spread the game across four discs, so I was correct, four discs, uh, which you don't have to worry about now through digital distribution, but um, at one point in time there was a sequel in the works for the game. According to president of Sony Worldwide Studios Shuhei Yoshida, the myth, the man, the legend, who was the producer of this game, which is kind of funny, um, quote, LOD2... In case you forgot, was put into pre-production after I left Japan Studio, but was eventually cancelled um, for some unknown reason and the team members moved on to different projects. End quote. <coughs> Excuse me. More than likely, the sales recouped their, their expenses, but never really reached the, the goal. Again, there is a huge cult following, so I would not be surprised if we would see more of them. As a matter of fact, Dart, as a character, was one of the few characters that was contemplated but never added to PlayStation All-Stars on the PS3 and Vita. Uh, the reception overall uh, makes Legend of Dragoon kind of an oddity. Those critically not received very well. I mean, 74 is a good score, but it's not a great score on Metacritic. Uh, the game has garnered its own cult following, like I said, myself included. I love this game. I think it's an incredibly enjoyable game. If I'm looking for a long, comfortable RPG, I would definitely pick this up. JRPG? JRPG? I'm sorry. There's only... I don't really play action RPGs or Western RPGs, so for me, this is an RPG. Uh, according to VG Charts, the game sold roughly 940,000 units in North America, 440,000 units in Europe, and 390,000 in Japan, uh, and finally 100,000 from various uh, places around the globe, all at retail, putting it at a global estimate of 1.86 million units sold. This data also shows that the game was largely successful off of its Western audience, selling almost or just over 50% in North America alone. The game is still warmly received by fans, who all seem to clamor when Yoshida-san announced the relaunch of the uh, game as a PS1 classic digitally through the PS Store, which launched in Japan on December 22nd, 2010, and North America on May 1st, 2012. You can play that on your PS3, your PS Vita TV, and your PS Vita. Not PS4 yet. Hopefully they'll get that in, because I would love to play my PlayStation Classics on there. Personally, uh, despite its weaknesses as a game uh, being critically and understanding of what it is, I thoroughly enjoy this game. I think it's great comfort food. I understand why people aren't a huge fan of it, and that does not deter me from recommending it whatsoever. Um, it's simple yet enjoyable, both in the story department and the combat. It has great locales. I love the pre-rendered uh, backgrounds, even if they're not as pretty as what Squaresoft was producing at the time. Square Enix now. Uh, the dragoon, the dragons, like the emphasis on dragons and the adopting their powers appealed to me, uh, as well as the world building. You learn that there's different species and a whole huge war that waged on, and it's very interesting to watch uh, and to, to be a part of. Uh, looking for a good classic 
after beating all of the Dragon Quests and Final Fantasies, I would recommend this simply because you've been through it, you enjoy the tropes, this is something for you. Is this your first JRPG? It's probably still something that you would really enjoy because it's simple, it's streamlined, you're able to pick up the combat rather quickly, and it's nothing too complex when we're talking about using your brain, for better or worse. Um, if you're not sure about JRPGs, if you don't like turn-based combat, this is probably not the game for you, despite the more button-oriented, uh, action-oriented combat with having to hit the additions. It's still not something that would sway you to the dark side. Um, but overall, I love this game. I enjoy it. It's Legend of Dragoon. It's on PS1. I definitely recommend it for anyone who's curious. Um, you can pick that up on the PlayStation Store. Ten bucks as a PlayStation Classic. Of course, you can try and find it on Amazon. I can't remember what the price was, but it was like $100 last time I checked for a physical copy, so don't worry about that. Um, overall, enjoyable. Tweet at Yoshida-san. He will totally take in your tweets if you start talking about The Legend of Dragoon for questions, and I'm sure if you start clamoring for a sequel, we might see something. But that is all this week. Um, I've got a week hiatus in which I will probably be releasing my review on Severed for the PlayStation Vita. I beat it back when it launched and had quite a few personal issues come into play, including a burglary at my house. But now that it's all resolved, I'm ready to release my review. So as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to record a little video and I will post that on my blog sometime next week. Um, after that, I am debating about a Game Boy Advance classic. I'm not quite sure if I'm ready to jump in yet. It may lean towards the same genre we talked about this week. It may lean towards a more action-oriented genre. But be back in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you then.